0: This is Tony Speaks, and this is my lovely wife, Kim. We are the founders and co-creators of the lifestyle brand and podcast, Becoming Disciplined. Every week we meet, learn from, and share best practices with highly disciplined men and women from a variety of fields and endeavors. Follow us on our journey. Do you believe that grits should be salted? Or do you believe that grits should only be sugared? Or do you just roll with butter on your grits. The answer to these controversial questions created a ministry and that ministry is Grits in a Bowl, Food for the Soul. This ministry was founded by Elder Terrence Walker and Pastor Dwayne Graham Foster and this week they are Becoming Disciplined. On Becoming Discipline, we interview pastors and elders, poets and community activists, Dwayne Graham Foster and Terrence Walker. My brothers, welcome to Becoming Discipline. We are so honored to have you. God bless you. God. Happy it's a pleasure to be here. Now, uh, my brothers, before you educate us and share your story, I think it's good for my audience to be aware every superhero has an origin story. Amen. So if if you could give us your origin story, your context, where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? Yeah, the turns
1: you wanna go first? Yeah, I'll go first, I'll go first. Um, I was born in Washington, D.C., single parent, uh, latchkey kid. Uh, And then we eventually moved here to Petersburg, Virginia, which is really where I say I'm from. Uh, uh, Mom. She's been saved and been in the church all of my life, so that's all I've I've ever known. Um, however, you know, once you get to a certain age, you try to test the waters a little bit. So, you know, I did my share of doing everything outside of the will of God. Uh, you know, but that calling, according to my mom, uh, that calling has been on my life to serve the Lord since I was a baby. So, you know, how you try to run for a while, uh, but I haven't found anyone yet that can outrun, outrun God. So here I am full circle. God has blessed me with with, with so much, so many gifts, so many talents. Uh, he has anointed me in several different areas. Uh, my ministry has ranged from uh, youth ministry, even to now where I am, the church um, administrator. So. wide range of things uh god has blessed me uh i uh do something called praise poetry Uh, we may get into that a little bit later and then also i have a men's ministry uh, something called grits in the bowl
0: amen amen and pastor foster
1: tell us your origin story
0: well praise god man i was
2: actually born in bay shore new york and I moved to or we moved to uh, Springfield, Massachusetts, where I spent half of my adolescent life and then uh, moved to Virginia, where I spent the rest of my adolescent life and here on up until today. Uh, I've been in, we've been in Virginia uh, since 1979, 1980. Uh, so uh, pretty much You know, I'm I'm a a Southern boy now, but like I said, I was born in in Bay Shore, New York, and uh, spent a lot of time. I mean, spent my adolescent years in in Springfield, Massachusetts, and been here ever since. Um, I used to uh, go by the pen name of the Black Sheep, and primarily, primarily that came from uh, being labeled as the Black Sheep of my family. Uh, But God, once God entered into my life, He showed me that. that, that difference that I had or being the outcast of my family, it really wasn't uh, because I was officially the outcast. It was just that uh, my my talent, my abilities and my skills were a little bit different than everybody else. So uh, anybody that's labeled as a black sheep, I can, I can identify with them because it simply means that um, you're not an outcast. It, it simply means that you're different and God wants to use your difference uh, to make a difference. And and now I go by the name of, um, sheep tracks because, uh, over time, God showed me that, um, that name is basically going to mean that I have to leave the evidence of God everywhere I go and and put primarily in everything that I say, I should be leaving some evidence of God, uh, in that place or in that situation, even here today. So
0: that's where that comes from. Amen. 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 Now, uh, this is going to be a little bit of a different uh, podcast that I normally do, uh, but I looked at the questions I normally ask folks and I said, okay, what, which ones are relevant to the topic we're going to be talking about? And this one is relevant. Uh, my question to you, brothers, is when you were a child, was there someone who inspired you with their level of discipline? Was the, Can you think of a mentor or someone in your life that that you know you may not like, for instance, Brother Walker was sharing a, a, a one-parent household. Was there was there that dude on the block, or that parent, or excuse me, not not parent, uh, was that teacher, uh, football coach, uh, jujitsu uh, martial arts instructor? Was can y'all <laughs> think of someone in your life that when you were younger they inspired you
1: with their level of discipline? Uh, for me, there was there was several um, and most of them, if not all, were men. You know, As I said before, it was just me and my mom. So whenever I saw a man, my mom was not the type to have men coming in and out of my out of our home. So whenever I saw a man operating as a man, that fascinated me even, even as a child. Uh, but the men in my church that I grew up in. um uh, uh, i could i saw the discipline in them uh some of the things that they did uh, uh my pastor uh, uh bishop samuel white who's going on to be with the lord now he was the first man that i ever saw actually pray in his own home with his family so that that fascinated me um and then as i played sports my coaches and stuff like that but i would say that the men in my in my in my church in my former church or in the church that I grew up, uh they really really showed me uh discipline and what it was to be a man.
0: amen amen uh Pastor Foster yeah well for me uh,
2: again it's going to be similar to uh, uh, Elder turns. it's a collection of men. And if I want to go all the way back to the time that I was in school um, before I had Christ in my life, I would have to point out one particular male uh, male influence uh, that was in middle school. He, went, he actually went by the name of Mr. Mitchell, <laughs> and he was the art teacher. And, and the reason why I can reflect back on that, because he used to say something all the way back. Uh, in middle school that sometimes wasn't directly uh, addressing me, but he would address other people. And if you did something uh, good in his classroom, or if you were working on a project and and you were doing a good job, he would always say, he would stop and say, you know what? You got something. You got something. And for some particular reason, him saying that I can reflect back even then that that was a positive influence in my life because he he would recognize despite what was going on in our lives at that particular time, he would recognize that in that moment, he saw that we had some type of uh, of potential. And then I would say further along in life, um, the male influences who have been positive uh, in my life were all of the pastors that I had an opportunity to serve with uh, since I've been saved. Um, So it's a number of them, like over over three or four different ministries that I had an opportunity to serve with these pastors over the years. And they pretty much have been my mentors. uh, And I have learned something extraordinary from each and every one of them that kind of shaped me uh, as to as to who I am as a man of God and and a minister
0: of, of the gospel of Christ today. Amen. That's powerful. Now, where was Mr. Mitchell at? Uh, Let's give him a shout out. What school was he at? He was at East End Middle School in Churchill,
2: Richmond, Virginia. (laughs) My brother, I'm talking about (laughs) the hood. And I don't know if he's living today or or his family members are living. But let me tell you something, brother. You talking about I was all I was from the hood. I was from Southside bottom of South Side, you know what I'm saying, rough and road. I am straight from the hood, and we was getting bust from the hood to the hood, <laughs> I don't understand why that was happening, but we were getting from one hood all the way over Churchill to another hood, <laughs> and, but I ended, up, I, I ended up having friends and, and, and colleagues, you know, and partners on both sides of towns. and I got, I got to learn Richmond well, um, for me and being a knucklehead and cutting class all the time. I got to learn Church Hill real well, and I got to learn Southside real well. But he was a teacher at East End Middle School
0: in Churchill in Richmond, Virginia. Amen, amen, brothers. Amen, amen. Well, that's good. That's good. Hope, you never know, maybe one of his uh, uh, his family, some of his people could hear that and be encouraged. Amen. Uh, the seeds that he I, played.
2: I, I, yeah, I, I, I hope they will. He's all because He's always been someone that I wanted to uh, go back or see someone, him or someone from his family and, and say, hey, this man had a had a blessing, uh, was a blessing in my life. And, and we were, when we were out of order, he would throw things at you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, uh, you all started a movement, amen, a very powerful movement, amen, within the body of Christ. Amen. Now, can you share the name of the movement and how did it start? How did it, how did this all begin?
2: Turns, I'm going to let you go with that, because you you were the, pretty much the founder of that movement. And I came in uh, somewhere in the process and just uh, just wanted to be a part of that blessing.
1: Amen. So um, we have something. God bless me with this idea called Grits in the Bowl. And it's basically a men's movement, a men's ministry. Uh, The Origins of Grits in a Bowl started around 2007, 2008. It started off with a conversation with just some brothers. We was just hanging out around the church. And somebody asked the question, do you put sugar in your grits? Mm -hmm. And uh, the answers that we got from that question sparked Basically, sparked this this ministry that we're doing now, I and mean, the Lord allowed me to see that you know, man, we really have something to say. Uh, if it's something on our heart, we're really compassionate about it, and we're willing to share uh, what's on our heart. But uh, the Lord began to show me how Satan has been so subtle, and he's slowly trying to maneuver the uh, presence of men. Out of our churches, out of our ministries, and to be frank, out of our families. So the image of men is trying to uh, be dissolved or, or trying to uh, be uh, eradicated. But this ministry is is designed to awaken that, awaken the men of God, and you know let the world know that we are still here. We ain't going away, You know we still in ministry. We still love the Lord. We still have some things. To say we still have some things to do uh, according to the will of the Lord, so that's what this ministry is about. Uh, it's a floating ministry; we're willing to go anywhere. If there's an ear to hear, we are there.
0: Amen. 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 That's powerful. Now, uh, br- my brothers, what do you what do you think was the Genesis? And we know, of course, it's the devil. You know, with, you know, with his subtle ways. But when we when we say the devil, you know, if we wanted to see, OK, how did how did he do it? If we wanted to break down how did he do it? How did the devil get men to not go to church? And uh, how what tools did he use uh, to get men away from family and and uh, to get men away from the church? And and uh, how can we counteract that? So that we can get men uh, as the head of the community again, and also the head of their families again. How how do we how do we fight that? How do we do that? And I I know grits in the bowl is a great start, but then like, what are some other ways that we can go and and uh, grow the movement of grits in the bowl past the conversation into the practical application? Well, like like how how do we do that? And and I guess. Before we say how we can do that, we got to look at how did this happen.
2: Well, let, let me let me start with the how this happened, Amen. and maybe brother turns the elder brother elder turns will, will, will jump in and and because all of us have some sound solutions how we can fix this according to the word of God. But let me just say how did this happen? Let me let me let me answer that question by giving testimony about how it happened to me. How did I become undisciplined Amen. because wow. in order for you to get into an area of discipline or to be uh, 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 uh in order for us in order for us men to get to a point where we're humbled enough and I use that word lightly where we're humbled enough to become disciplined or get taught by God to understand how to be disciplined. We were first caught in a world of undiscipline. Of being undisciplined. And we were drawn into that world very easily. Like you said, by the devil, you can say the devil, somebody might laugh and say, what the devil, devil, devil. No. I mean, one thing that we got to recognize that's sad that many people are not recognizing, even people will recognize, hey, that there is a God and God does exist and so on and so forth, and he's powerful, and this, that, and the other. But what we fail to realize is that we have an enemy. (laughs) We have an adversary, and he knows his job description very well. (laughs) He knows his job description very well before we even know who he is and how he operates <laughs> and he does an excellent job and you think I'm giving the enemy praise but I will tell you he has done an excellent job of setting up shop to destroy these men and get us trapped into areas of our life that we seem not we seem to can't get out of cuz we're so entangled by the mess that he has created <laughs> it's not a new mess it's not an old mess. This mess has been going on since the beginning of the time. And as technology advances, so does the mess because it gives us easier access to get into the mess. Mm-hmm. But, but, but what I say this, I say this, Tony, in, in all reality, it's a simple scripture that summarizes how we become undisciplined. Number one, we are born in sin. Number two, we're shaped in iniquity. <laughs> Nobody is outside of that realm. Not one person on the face of this earth is outside of that realm. We're all born in sin and we're all shaped in iniquity. And depending on, and and let me say what iniquity is real quick before we get too deep for somebody and they can't catch it. Iniquity is secret sin. That's basically what it is. That means that there's sin that's going on in your life that you don't even know is sin until God reveals it to you. That's why it's called secret sin, iniquity. There's things that are going on in our lives as we were growing up, as I was growing up in New York, in Massachusetts, when I moved to Virginia. There was things going on in my house, in my life, on the television set, on the radio, in my school, with my friends, with the guys that were in my house, in my environment, with my mama boyfriends, Bye, bah, bah, it goes on and on. There's so many things that are going on that are sinful and full of iniquity. There's no way that any human being cannot be shaped by the iniquities that are going on in our lives. It's shaping your mind, it's shaping your conversation, it influences you to drink, it influences you to smoke, it influences you to be a whoremonger, it influences you to be so many things. And we don't recognize it right away because there's not a lot of mentors, positive mentor men in our life that will help point us in the right direction. The majority of what we see when we're growing up in the realm of men is men who are hanging out, fixing cars, drinking beers, saying cuss words, hollering at women, degrading women, seeing how many women they can sleep with. Cussing at women, smacking women, abusing women, <laughs> um, not wanting to hold a steady job, not trying to be faithful to their uh, uh, wives, not trying to raise their children, doing everything opposite of what the will of God said, and it was all shaped in the form of iniquity. And the habit continues and the cycle continues, and the language of what we listen to and take in, it continues, and you become what a part of your environment. I don't want to preach today, Tony, but that's about <laughs> all I can give you right now um, on that subject. I'm going to let elder turns take over from here because I gotta go on and on,
0: brother. Amen. Amen. Brother. It's, Amen.
1: It, it, it's pretty interesting that you use the word discipline because I was going down that same road. Uh, before they were called apostles and prophets, uh, those that, that came with Jesus, that Uh, came up with Jesus, they were called disciples, which is the foundation word for discipline. So while they were with Jesus, Jesus was teaching them how to be disciplined in being men, not only men, but men of God. And uh, as uh, Pastor just said, that word has kind of diminished Not only in our churches, but in our, uh, especially in the black community, being disciplined uh, is a lost art. Uh, uh, We've been trained since young bucks to be buck wild, to sow our oats and uh, go on and do this and uh, uh, worry about it later, this, that, and the other. All of that is, we've been trained to do, uh, to be undisciplined. And when you're undisciplined, there is no structure. There is no foundation. Uh, and, uh, uh, and when you have no structure, no foundation, no organization, um, that's the definition for chaos. Um, yes. And God, God does not work in chaos. The Word of God teaches us in John um, ten and ten. I believe that the enemy comes to steal, uh, uh, steal, kill, and destroy. Um, but it says, but I come. To, that you may have life and life more abundantly. As Pastor just says, Satan, we ain't giving him, we ain't giving him praise, but we he've been doing a good job of doing the killing, the stealing, and the destroying. And um the image of the man is being destroyed. Uh, even in this modern, and y'all have to have to pay attention, even in this modern day, what is it called, the Me Too movement that's centered around. Women and I say this all the time. I ain't mad at the ladies. Come on up, come on up to the to the um, to the forefront. But we cannot uh, uh, allow the women to come up and completely eradicate the image of the of the man. If y'all paying attention, uh, if you've been living on the earth long enough, the bar for what it is, or the description of what it is to be a man. Has changed, but the word of God, when you look at it uh, as what it is to be a man, has not changed. So as long as we continue to follow the description that the world has put out here, uh, uh, as far as what it means to be a man, it's going to change every single time. And as soon as you think that you're the so-called man, they're going to change the bar again. I was just looking looking at something where an NBA player. Uh, there again, you know, you do what you what you think is right, but uh uh NBA player had on his white dress or whatever, and uh he's making a statement, okay, the bar is changed. So now all of a sudden it's okay for men to wear dresses. That's an outside thing. Uh, we could get into that, but my point is the bar is changing. Men will never be able to meet the mark that the world says a man should be. But the word of God has not changed. It's never changed. The word of God insists that to be a man, that you are to be a priest in your own household. And if we can't if we can't do if we can't operate as a priest in our own household, then we are wasting our time. Something else we train men. And this is something that I'm, I'm paying attention to as we continue with written a book bold and the Lord continues to bless us. Uh, There's no sense in doing all of this training and encouraging, and we're doing it so that uh, they could represent uh, what it is to be a man of God in the street. No, it starts in the home first. And if you establish yourself in the home as a man of God first, then your family, when they go out, they're going to represent you. Um, uh, I remember, and I'll say this just to raise some eyebrows. Um Pastor Foster knows that's my thing right there. But I remember seeing the men in some men in my church. Uh, they had to look, they had the suits, they had to walk, they had to talk. But brother, why your why your wife come to church with a black eye? I'm gonna leave it right there. amen amen amen
0: amen Amen. now um now for you know i just want to tell our audience anyone who's listening today i've been at grits in the bowl at least twice and for both times i saw and witnessed a profound spiritual experience where men opened up and men connected and men uh You could tell that there was like a hunger for that type of male fellowship where men come together, um, you know, from different churches and different denominations and different different branches of the body of Christ. Um, And I saw that profound experience so much so that even I invited brothers from my church and, you know, they're looking forward to the next event. So, my brothers, uh, I guess my question is: Y'all have laid out a lot of the things that that in society that are working against us. The question I have is: How? Where do we go from here in order to help men fight against all of that programming that is out there? So, the, the male fellowship is a great it is a great and powerful beginning, but what can be done past the fellowship in order to break that cycle of, let, let me just give you prime examples. You know, I'm always trying to keep young people from divorcing each other. And, you know, because, you know, if, you know, I've, I've had to deal several times with counseling because it's so easy for young people to quit. It's so easy for the man if he doesn't feel like he's being respected to go and just leave and leave the babies and just go and do you know do his own thing and there's all kind of women out there waiting for him to go and sleep around and instead of him staying with his babies and staying with the wife and working through tough the tough work that's needed in order to make a marriage work you know like so that's an example of what I'm sharing sharing is that that those that there's this programming that's out there to make men try to walk the undisciplined life. And we're offering the fellowship and the love uh, and some training, but what can, is there any movement or any, uh, any ideas where churches can set up things in order for men to hold one another accountable and for, there to be some more practical application of what you all have already started.
1: Well, uh, um, go ahead. Pastor.
2: Yeah, I was, I was going to say this, the process in becoming a man of God is a humbling process. Most, I say that carefully because in most cases, at least speaking from my experiences, um, as men, we like to be exalted or feel a form of exhortation. Mm -hmm. But becoming a man of God is a process, is a humbling process. Mm -hmm. And through that humbling process, you experience levels of exhortation in Christ, it's different from the type of exhortation that you would get out in the world as a man. What I'm referring to is just because, and I'm I'm, I'm reflecting back on myself uh, uh, in this process, but just because I think just because that we're titled or we're labeled as a man, it doesn't make us automatically know and understand how to be the man of God that he called us to be.
1: Good morning, good
0: afternoon, or good evening, whatever time it is in your time zone. At least on my time, it's it's after church. And I don't know about you, sometimes after church, I'm just lacking energy. Courtney, yes. Can you get me, can you get me a uh, one of the vitamins that your mama takes? Here
2: you go, Daddy.
0: Mm. Let me try one of these. Tastes pretty good.
1: My God, my God, chew! what do you having there? It's made with vitamins B9 and B12. It's it's great for my overall health. It's made with pectin, a unique fiber in fruit peels. It's simple and delicious. Kim, did you know that more people search apple cider vinegar in the U.S. than tea? Google has 15,000 people searching that word every day in the U.S. alone. Kim, how can more people get this gummy? If you want to support the podcast, or if you're looking to improve your health, you can order these gummies at https forward slash forward slash go.goalie.com forward slash becoming Don't forget to use our promo code becoming disciplined. A lot of us hold the
2: title of man, but don't understand how to be the man of God. That we're called to be. And, and, and in order for us to effectively be that, it's a humbling process that we gotta first humble ourselves to the call of God and willing and, and put ourselves in a position, a humbling position, so that we can be taught how to be the men of God that we're called to be. And unfortunately, Pastor Tony and Elder, uh, 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 Elder Walker, unfortunately, it's very difficult for men to receive the notion that they still need to be taught something. Mm. But in order for us to grow, and I'm talking about all of us, in order for us to grow, from being a natural man or what they call a man in the earth <clears throat> and even even the cliches, you the man. You the man. You the pimp. You big pimping, yeah. and all this, that, and the other. In order for you to get past all of that foolishness and those right. stereotypes and everything the world says that a man is, oh, you a baller because you got all these rings and cars and you got this money and you got all these women and you pimping, and you this and that. In order for you to get past all of that foolishness, we have to humble ourselves and be willing to first accept Christ as our Lord and Savior and then develop a relationship with Him by coming into an understanding of His Word and applying His Word to our lives so that we can become an example of His Word in our life. Amen.
1: Amen. Brother Walker. Now, suppose everything that Pastor Foster just said, suppose we had other men in every church that we go to, to be able to say what Pastor Foster said. And suppose that thing just spread all all across the country. We speak in the same language, doing the same things, teaching the same things. Uh, And that's the answer to your question, initially. The goal is uh, not necessarily to get grits in the bowl out there. That ain't even what this is about. We're trying to develop men. And and the way to do that is uh, whenever we visit a church and we present what we've given, praise God, we need to establish. Uh, uh, and I'm just throwing out a uh, a title, I don't know. Uh, a grits in the bowl person, so that when we leave, that person can pick up that matter uh, with the blessing of his pastor and say, uh, "Grits in the bowl," or "Men in the God, men of God." This is the direction that we're going. And then somewhere down the road, and this is the vision that the Lord has given me. I don't even know if I've shared this with anyone. Uh, somewhere down the road, the Lord is going to bring all of us together. And we're going to come together in one place and we're going to be calling on the on the uh, presence of the Lord yeah. in prayer. And we're going to shake some things up. Wherever we are, we yeah. will be felt because we serve the only one and true living God. Can you imagine men coming together with the same objective, with the same voice, with the same... Uh, identity, uh, serving the same God, calling on the name of Jesus Christ. Can y'all imagine, man, uh, uh, the hairs are standing up on my arms now. And the closest that I can think to that, that 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 happened, uh, and it still don't touch what the Lord has showed me, was when I went to the Million Man March in 1995 or 96, And to see all of those men That came together on that day And even to this day I think suppose all of One million men Would have been calling on the name Of the Lord that day I wonder what would have happened So that that, That's what we're looking to do
0: Amen that's powerful I I just let me testify as well on that Um, Even though theologically I don't you know, I don't agree with the founder of that particular day. Uh, I'll tell you what, um, out of that movement, when I first got saved, I went and uh, I was at a Pentecostal church for a couple of years and then I joined this Baptist church and I was looking for, I wanted to get involved more. I wanted to preach the gospel more. I wanted to make a difference. And then there was this brother by the name of uh, Cecil Diggs. And Cecil Diggs stood up at the church and gave this impassioned speech about all the brothers that were being left behind in the jail. And, you know, that 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 people were not reaching out to and people were just forgetting about and just, you know, letting them rot in the jail. And I joined that prison ministry and it really changed my life. I was part of it for four years. And once I got involved, Cecil Diggs, you know, like they had a the whole prison ministry movement at Mount Olive, where I, you know, when I cut my teeth in ministry, it all started with the Million Man March, that brothers went to the Million Man March at Mount Olive Baptist, and they left the Million Man March touched by the male fellowship that occurred in the Million Man March, and they felt inspired to go and make a difference. So they created the jail movement, the jail prison, prison ministry movement at church where i was fellowshipping at and 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 i didn't even know it when i joined that it was a result of what had happened with the million man march so i i just see the same thing happening with grits in the bowl and like as you just said brother walker um you know like we all have our our theological you know some some people have theological concerns and we had theological concerns back in the day you know when he hosted it but if a million people came together under the Lord, you know, without any political agendas, and yes. just just for sheer love of brother and love of God, uh as you all put together for grits in the bowl, I, I can just see the change. I can see the change. Look at the good that came out of the original Million Man March, and sure. and that one had you know there were there were subtext to that Million Man March, but look at the good that still came out of that. Imagine if grits in the bowl did it without all the politics and without all of the extra man, I, man, man the, the the lives that would be changed. And I'll just share it. I just in anyone who hasn't seen it, uh even though you know the the platform is 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 at a small has a smaller footprint right now, I haven't seen a grits in the bowl where lives were not changed. I haven't seen one every time I've seen it, I've seen men especially young men, walk away different than how they came in. So, uh, I, you know, that's why I wanted to invite you all on here so that, that uh, you know, discipline in the community cannot be established unless they can see, unless folks can see older men uh, following that path, you know, following that path of Christ. So that can't be established without those young, and it touches my heart whenever I see young men coming in and they're looking at the older folks and they're seeing a difference. They're seeing a change. So, yeah. you know, that's that's the main reason why I wanted to bring you all on just so that people could hear about your movement and hear about what you're doing. You know, uh, it's 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 really profound, even though I'm looking forward to the next step. I'm, I'm looking forward to the to the next the next uh, the next domino to fall. Amen. I'm looking forward to that as well. Now, uh, brothers, there's some basic questions I ask all of our viewers, and, you know, it was just basic conversational things about discipline and living a, a life with some wisdom. What book, my brothers, outside of the Bible that can you share with our our audience that has changed your life and made you a more disciplined man? That's that's an
2: easy one for me, uh, Pastor Tony and, and Elder Turns. Uh, that, that book will be a book that, and I don't, I mean, I don't like to plug books, but I will plug this one. That's the seven habits of highly effective people. Amen. I mean, it's like the number two book that's sold, uh, versus the Bible. Uh, there, that's, that was a statement that was made uh, in reference to that book. That book is so popular that it's second to the Bible as far as being sold. Uh, and the, no, there's no other book that's, that has outsold the Holy Bible or, or, or more popular than the Holy Bible. But the right. second line would be the, the, uh, the, the seven habits of highly effective people. And, and, and everything in that book is really, it points back to the Bible. Everything that it teaches, it points right back to the Bible. Those seven habits that they talk about uh, that make people effective in life. I think that you can point directly back to the to the scriptures that God will have us to do as a part of our integrity or to become uh, to become better in this earth. And uh, even 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 um, the uh, the habit that says sharpen the saw, which is what we're doing right now. And what we're talking about when we talk about grist in the bowl and, and men coming together to to empower one another and be lifted up. That's called sharpening the saw, which is one of the. Uh, uh, habits of highly effective people that we got to come together as men and sharpen one another instead of tearing one another uh, uh, down. And uh, that book has inspired me so much. I apply it to my everyday life. I apply it to my business. I apply it to uh, my friendships and my interactions with people. It just teaches you how to operate in integrity and be professional and develop habits that are going to cause you to be prosperous. And what man does not want to be prosperous, or what person does not want to be prosperous. So I I highly recommend that book.
1: Amen. Amen. For, for me, uh the book would be uh the miseducation of the Negro. Uh and it uh it, it may sound like uh that the book is just for our black community, but when you really get into the to that book, what the author was trying to teach us uh uh, is that hey? We need to change our perception. We need to change how we think. Even Apostle Paul taught us, uh, uh, you know, change your mind. Uh, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's what this book is all about. We've been taught things since we we've been indoctrinated. That's the word I want to use since we were little children, and some of that stuff has has unknowingly uh, caused us to make some decisions that we probably should not have made, or it has hindered us, or it has limited us into doing uh, the things that God says we can do, uh, even down to nursery rhymes. You know, if you go back and listen to some of those nursery rhymes, the nursery rhymes, was t- they didn't have good endings. Uh, think about it. If y'all go back and think about it, uh, those nursery rhymes did not have good endings. Yet and still, we were, I wouldn't say we, a lot of people were reading those nursery rhymes to their children to help them to go to sleep. And the last thing that they heard before they went to sleep was tragedy. We have to change our minds. Uh, As men, we have to change our mindset. We have to guard our minds against how we're attacked. Uh, from the outside, um, social media, the television, the radio, that's a weapon uh, that Satan craftily uses, and we have to guard ourselves against that. So the Miseducation of the Negro.
0: Amen. Miseducation of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson and the Seven right. Habits of Highly Effective People by Dr. Stephen Covey. Amen. Strongly recommended. Uh, I've, I've read both and both of them really had a huge impact on me as well. Um, my brothers, we examine discipline or organization in the following areas. And y'all don't worry about it. I I always have to re- repeat it three times to every guest. All right. So I'm gonna give you a list. So, but, but you know, I always repeat it three times to every guest, so y'all don't have to worry about it. Uh, but we examine discipline or organization in the following areas. We look at spirituality, mental discipline, physical discipline, emotional intelligence, financial discipline, time management, and home and data organization. Now, when I repeat it, if y'all could share with us, what do you consider your strong points and what is your weak point? And if you got a weak point, do you have a plan in 2022 at attacking that weak point? So I'm going to read it to you again. Uh, Spirituality, mental discipline, physical discipline, emotional intelligence, financial discipline, time management, and home and data organization. Where are the strong points? What are the weak points? And if there is a weak point, do you have a plan in 2022 at, at attacking that weak point? My brothers? Well, from the gate, Pastor Tony, um, uh,
2: in order for me to reflect back on what, what I just said previously about sharpening the saw. A part of us sharpening the saw is recognizing that we have weaknesses that we can improve on in areas of our life where we need improvement on. So I'm going to go straight to one of my number one areas where I know I need improvement on is the physical management of my health and well-being on a regular basis. So, and that's mentally and physically, (laughs) I have to stress both of those things because sometimes when we say health, we only think about the physical aspect and not the mental aspect. So one of my areas of improvements that I must improve on and I have to improve on in order for me to be successful in all of the other areas, because the Bible says, what good is it? I mean, the Bible says, I would that you prosper And be good in good health as I prosper your soul. (laughs) So I cannot be prosperous in other areas of my life if my health is declining physically and mentally. And I don't care how much ambition I have, I don't care how much money I have, I don't care how good I, how good administration skills I had, how good of a family member I am, how good of a husband I am, I'm no good. if My health is no good, mentally and physically. So my number one goal is to improve in that area and I need help in that area. And this show, I need discipline. <laughs>
1: In that area in the name of Jesus amen 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 brother Walker amen um I it's gonna sound like I'm just picking up where he left off but honestly I was going in the same direction uh but I was gonna focus on the mental uh health uh, mental discipline in my life that's something that I know I need to work on uh because sometimes these these thoughts, if you leave me alone too long, uh, you know, some thoughts have come across your mind, and you really have to fight that thing, and that requires a lot of discipline, uh, especially, I me mean, working in the school system, and I'm seeing things, and I'm hearing things, and uh, I work behind the scenes and doing some other things in, in the church ministry, so those, you know, Satan, he'll... Oh, if, if you let your guard down, he get up in their mind. And next thing you know, you'll be doing some things or saying some things that you're not supposed to be doing as a man of God. So that is one of the things that I I uh, uh, really try to focus on. And with that, uh, that leads into my physical well being, uh, which uh, I'm we we trying we we trying. Amen. Um, <laughs> Amen. But uh one of the things that God has really blessed me with, and I'm I'm sold out and trying to make uh is, is to be a good husband. Um I'm completely sold out on that. I want this woman to be happy uh for the rest of her life or for the rest of her of our lives. Um that you know that's what God has blessed me with. He blessed me with this awesome woman. And uh I take it seriously. I want I want to be the man of God in her life. I want to be the priest in the home. I, I want to be her lover. I want to be her 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 boyfriend or uh that dude that she wants her uh the the date nights. I want to be all of that. And uh, yo, I'm I'm committed to that. I am, I am.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: Powerful,
2: Powerful. brother. It's powerful. To reflect back on what we were talking about earlier as far as the men coming together during that time for the Million Man March, what I want to say about this is that there's a desire there. That's proof that there is a desire there for men to come together. And I don't think that desire has changed. Now, we might not agree with the platform that that was built on Uh, And all the things that was related to it, we might not agree with that. But I'm as far as the desire for men to come together, that desire is there. And I believe that in the Bowl, uh, has the fortitude from God to bring those type of masses together as we move forward in the things that God has called us to do. But I say all of that to say this: God does not only want us to accomplish that desire of us coming together. After we leave is what's important. Because once we cross the hurdles of getting us together, even in the small groups or the large groups, is what we do when we leave is what's going to generate the most fruit. Because I don't want to just come to a concert or a gathering or a kumbaya yeah. moment yeah. or a kumbaya yeah. moment and the glory to God moment or a, 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 a moment and, and the next day we back on the couch yeah. <laughs> and we not doing nothing to impact our communities. Amen. That's not what Dr. Martin Luther King died for. That's not what John Lewis fought for. That's not what our forefathers who were strong in the gospel of Jesus Christ and also strong in the area of social change, that's not what they fought and died for, for us to come together and then go back home and sit on the couch. And the problem with the church, and I'm a pastor, I don't mind taking the heat. <laughs> I got a bishop and a pastor who got my back. So what I'm saying is, the problem with the church is, one, one, We don't like to come together as a body in fellowship as believers and as men. We got a problem coming together in the church, in the Christian church. We got a problem with coming together as men. We don't come, we don't want to come outside of our own walls and, and commune together to build up the army of the Lord that we're called to be so that we could be a force in the community. I'm not talking about 10 people walking down the street. Imagine if all of the brothers in Christ came together just in the city of Richmond and Petersburg, and we decided to walk through a neighborhood. You imagine what that would be like Mm -hmm. in that force. That's the type of thing that we need to do is when we're talking about doing a walk. Or doing a service in the community we got to get outside of our walls of the church and be willing to come together as men of god and do what thus says the lord get rid of these church walls they turn it they keeping us divided amen
0: look like COVID is already trying to tell us to do that and we ain't listening (laughs) go ahead brother
1: walker (laughs) yeah yeah uh that is so true um, I did a Bible study a while back, and I just start, i open with the question. Uh, what was the name of Jesus' church? Mm-hmm. And I say, I want you all to get in there. Uh, we're going to take the time to find this out. What is the name of Jesus' church? And mm-hmm. uh, the Saints was turning pages and pulling out concordance, and you see phones. Uh-huh. So I let it go for about seven minutes, and I was like, y'all stop. And then I had them to go to the back of their Bible and look at the footprints of Jesus. Mm. I said, Jesus didn't have a four walls church. I said, Jesus was out in these streets. Amen. Yes, this, is, this is exactly what Pastor just said. We need to be out in these streets. When we after a grits in a bowl or uh, toward, at the end of a grits and a bowl, an agenda, an objective should already be in place. Uh, for that particular ministry on what's going to be done to impact, uh, to draw men to Christ. and uh, I, That's that's our ultimate goal. We just want to win. We just want to win souls. That, that's, that's what the Lord told us to do. Be soul winners. Amen, brothers.
0: Amen. Amen. Now, brothers, before we close, I wanted people to find a way to get a hold of you all. So if a church is listening today, and they want to sponsor Grits in the Bowl. What's the best way for them to contact you? And, and along with that, uh, if you have any other uh, programs or activities that you would like to let our audience know about, right now is the perfect time where we can go. And matter of fact, anything you tell me, I'll turn into a little flyer as well. And I'm going to put it at the end of the, uh, the podcast so that people can actually see it, along with what you're going to verbalize here. So if people want to get a hold of Minister, uh, excuse me, Elder Terrence Walker or Pastor Graham uh, Foster, uh, uh, Dwayne Graham Foster, Amen. Uh, if someone wanted to get a hold of you all for grits in the bowl or for anything else, uh, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you?
1: So for for me, I'm, I'm I'm a little old school. I I don't do social media too much, but I am on Facebook, so you can look me up, uh, Terrence Walker. Uh, you should be able to find me, but definitely email T-E-R-E-N-C-E-W-A-L-K at yahoo.com. That's Walk at yahoo.com. Uh, you can put in the subject, Grits in the Bowl. I'm pretty good with responding. Uh, that's how you can get in contact with me. As far as events uh, coming up, we're beginning. We're at the very beginning stages of planning for 2020. Uh, 22. Praise God, 2022. Amen. Uh, so uh, just stay tuned. We have some things coming.
0: Amen. Amen. Uh, and 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 Pastor Gra- uh, Dwayne Graham Foster, do you have any uh any events or any um or not just events, but a uh, matter of fact, uh, before I go back to uh, Pastor Foster, where do you fellowship at, uh, Elder
1: Walker? Um, at New Beginning Apostolic Deliverance Center in South Hill, Virginia. Uh, My pastor is Dr. Sharon E. Peterson. She's also my mom. Praise God. Uh, We fellowship right there in South Hill, Virginia.
0: Amen. Amen. And Pastor Dwayne Graham Foster, uh, where do you fellowship at? And and do you have any events that are coming up that that, uh, you would like to let us know about?
2: Yeah, I fellowship at New Hope Outreach uh, Worship Center out in Chesterfield, actually West Chesterfield uh virginia where the pastor is pastor daryl drummond uh senior and uh his wife is uh lady missy drummond and uh we are a young ministry uh that's full of hope full of love uh full of compassion and just ready to organically do the work that god has called us to do i'm serving out there as the assistant pastor and uh we're doing a, a mighty work out there in uh, west chester field uh, Virginia.
0: Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And, and how can we get a hold of you, uh, Pastor Foster? Uh, you can get a hold of me through I'm not on social
2: media. Uh, so you can get a hold of me uh through my email address that's dgramfoster Foster at Gmail. foster at gmail.com. Um, uh, and uh it's simply spelled as 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 you say D G-R-A-H-A-M-F-O-S-T-E-R at gmail.com that's the best way to get in contact with me and also we are uh, in the process of launching uh our business uh this year my wife and i are fostering training so we're going to be holding different training events um starting this year and going into next year we'll be launching out different training biz- training events not just for ministry but also for for businesses and, and things of that nature uh and we'll be training in the areas of even health and safety because, uh, as you know, in this day and time, uh, there's a strong need for us to pay attention to health and safety uh, in all organizations. Uh, So we're going to be offering training in that area also. I have 20-some years of of training expertise uh, in training field, designing training and implementing training uh, for 20-some years for corporate America and uh, also on a personal level. So we'll be doing that um, starting. Um this month we're having a couples uh, conference to launch out the business and then in next year we'll be announcing uh different workshop and training events and we can also come out on site to uh, various locations and do it virtually. Uh, so if anybody is interested in that, please get in contact with them. Amen. Amen. Do you have a
0: URL a separate URL for that?
2: uh no not right now all of this is still in the development stages so we will be coming out with uh a website and all those things uh in the near future Um, but the name of the business is fostering training and it is
0: a llc amen praise god praise god well my dear brothers we can't thank you enough for coming on you didn't have to do this you didn't need to do this we truly appreciate you you brothers have the last word do you have any closing thoughts for our audience? And before you start, let me describe our audience. Our audience is typically 30 to 55 year olds, even though there are some younger and there's some older, but it's typically 30 to 55 year olds. I lovingly call them the Get Better Club. Uh, they're probably around 60, 70% Christian, but there's also other people of other faiths who listen in and tune in for us. And uh, do you have any thoughts? Uh, for our Get Better Club of people who are just trying to be a, a better version of themselves who are listening in and tuning in today. I'll let you all, uh, y'all, whoever wants to go first and you can go ahead and close us out.
1: Um, uh, if there's one message that I could give to you, um, ladies and gentlemen, God has all things in control and, um, Uh, unless you're outside of the will of God, it's kind of risky. So I encourage you to, to come to Christ. Uh, This is the best thing going on right here. Uh, This is a virtual altar call. I'm I'm just being honest with you. Outside of the will of God is so risky in these last days. I, I tell a lot of people we're living in the last days of the last days. Um, crisis, crisis, waiting, open arms. I'm telling you, my worst day in Christ is still better than when I was out there in the world. And it's nothing like living for the Lord. You can make it, you can make it, keep your head up, put the gun down, put the razor blade down. You don't have to do all of that. Christ is the answer. I'm telling you, this is the best thing going on. I love you from the bottom of my heart. God loves you. This is the place to be.
0: Amen.
2: Amen. Pastor Paul? Yeah. uh, My closing remarks would simply be as brothers in Christ, first and foremost. Uh, If you have received Christ as your Savior and you identify yourself as being a brother in Christ, we need to ensure that we commend one another and support one another in the body of Christ. Uh, It's important that we commend one another uh, for the good deeds that we're doing uh, or striving to do in our lives. There's nothing wrong with another man telling another man I appreciate what you have done. I appreciate what you have accomplished. I like what the I like the the contributions that you're making towards your family, towards your wife, towards the community, towards the church. There's nothing wrong with us saying that to one another. In fact, we need to say that to one another more often because we have to encourage one another. Yeah. So my final words would be to commend. One another in the body of Christ and encourage one another in the body of Christ. When men who are not saved, when men who do not have a relationship with God, see other men doing that and encouraging one another in a positive light, it will pique their curiosity because they don't see that too often. They don't hear that too often. It will pique their curiosity because What we're used to seeing as far as encouragement and commending one another is in a negative light. We have no problems commending one another. Oh, man, you got two three shorties. You got two three women. Oh, you stacking these dollars. Oh, man, you the king blunt roller. Oh, man, you make the best drinks. We have no problem encouraging each other about negative things. (laughs) Why can't we do a better job as men to encourage each other about positive things that are happening in our life? Because we don't need any more glory about how many babies we got outside of wedlock about how much weed we can smoke, how much we can drink, how much cocaine we sniff, how much heroin we had, how many clubs we went to, and how many women we done had. We don't need no more praise for that. <laughs> or how many texts we got, or anything else of that nature. We don't need no more praise for that, nor does, does those do those things identify with who we really are. Right. So, in closing, I would like to stress for us as men to encourage one another in a positive light. And don't be afraid to do it and let other people hear us doing it. Because by doing that, it's going to encourage those who don't have a relationship with God and pique their curiosity to have a relationship with God. Because they're going to know, they're going to say, you know what, I want to be in that night. I want to be in that company versus the
0: other. If you enjoyed Elder Terrence Walker and Pastor Dwayne Graham Foster as much as we did, you can contact them at Terrencewalk at Yahoo.com or D Graham Foster at gmail.com Also if you enjoyed this podcast, and you want similar content, don't forget to subscribe.